Good afternoon, everybody. It is Sunday, October 15th at 3.34 p.m. And I can have it. There we go. Looks like it's okay. I apologize for the truncated video. It looks like it's not exactly the way I'd like it to be. Um, but we're going to deal with it. Let me know how the audio sounds if you're tuning in live. And I do appreciate you tuning in live, especially in the wake of what happened yesterday as Purdue falls, what, 41 to 7 and falls to 2 and 5 on the season. Uh, Purdue enters the bye week uh, in desperate need of the bye week. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Sorry for the video quality again. It looks like my video has shrunk and I can't figure out why. But I am traveling. I'm on the road. Um, it is fall break time in central Indiana and uh, my kids and family and I are all deep in SEC country like we are once a year. And uh, this time we, we finished our drive yesterday right as Purdue was uh, getting underway uh, versus Ohio State. And much like you guys, uh, we rushed to the TV to, to rush to a, a, nice, a nice spot where we had actually rooted Purdue on to victory versus Iowa a couple years ago. We figured that was the missing link. That was what Purdue really needed to, to get over the hump versus Ohio State. And, of course, that was not the case. I'll talk a little bit about what I thought about the game here in a second. But first, let me thank our sponsors. Thanks to, um, thanks to AJ's. When you're on campus, head over to AJ's on Vine. And before you go there, go to eataj's.com. Order some of their delicious pub, pub fare and a pint of your favorite beer. They have a lot of, a lot of beers on tap, <clears throat> and they got some of the nicest people there to help you. Um, that's eatajs.com. Uh, and, of course, uh, go over to Homefield Apparel. If you're, if you're looking for something new, a new piece of uh, retro Purdue gear, something new, something retro, something borrowed, something black and gold, um, enter Boiled23 at checkout, and uh, you'll get 15% off of your first purchase. Thanks to our pals at AJ's and Homefield alike. Um, like I said, I apologize for the uh, slightly uh, different audio and video conditions, but um, I did want to give my thoughts uh, for nothing else, just to, so we could commiserate a bit about what we all felt uh, at, at, during that game. And I think what many, many Purdue fans, myself included, felt during that game was, uh, when can this one be over, and how soon can they get off the field without having any major injuries? Sadly, they weren't able to avoid major injuries. They uh, had injuries to two more offensive linemen go down to an always, already thin offensive line, Griffin and Musa this time. Uh, we don't know how serious they both are. I think Griffin's is more serious. Musa might be playing in two weeks versus Nebraska, it looks like, according to uh, what Coach Walt had to say after the game. If you listen to the post-game comments like I did, you didn't hear a, a guy that uh, sounded completely defeated, but you did hear a guy that's well aware of how far Purdue has to go before they can be considered anywhere close to in the uh, in the class of the uh, of Ohio State or in the class of the upper third of the Big Ten. And uh, Purdue showed they don't belong there right now. The play calling, offensive play calling, which is a, has been a sticking point for me all season, continues to be an issue. It was unimaginative. It was uninventive, uh, but. In defense of Graham Harrell, uh, Purdue is banged up and beaten up right now, specifically, like I said, the offensive line. And without an offensive line, it's going to be hard to do much. Um, according to Coach Walt, uh, Card came into the game feeling a little bit better than he had last week coming into the uh, Iowa game. He looked it in the presser. He didn't look as physically beaten up. Um, but he really needs this off week. And so do a lot of guys on the team. Obviously, Tyrone Tracy, maybe getting him back for Nebraska would be a big deal. Um, but... Who knows if he'll be healthy enough to play Nebraska. 
to quote uh, Scott Frost a couple years ago, I think Nebraska uh, looks at Purdue as a winnable game. When you look at it on paper, these two teams are about as even as two teams can be. Um, I think Nebraska physically is a lot stronger than Purdue. I think they got legit Big Ten size. They've got a lot of athletes on the field. Purdue right now is just trying to uh, bandage together, patchwork together what they have. Um, and it's uh, the state of things for Purdue's offense specifically is pretty rough. On the other side of the ball, Purdue was not able to uh, stop Ohio State really at all. Ohio State could run the ball, Ohio State could pass the ball. Specifically passing the ball, the funny thing is McCord is not that great of a passer. Um, he's a guy that I think you should make him have to prove it to you. And what he did, especially early in the game, he pretty much just targeted one guy and Purdue couldn't, um, Purdue couldn't counter it. Purdue couldn't stop Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, who's an absolute beast. And then they started spreading, spreading around a little bit as the game went on. Um, but the game was well in hand at, at, at the half and uh, didn't get any better in the second half. Purdue had problems on defense, on offense, and on special teams. I think they missed two field goals. Um, those field goals didn't really make much of a difference in the real grand scheme of things or how the game was going to be played. But at the same time, it's really lousy to see a team missing field goals. It's really rough to see that. So if I were going to say what are some of the negative things about this game, of course, um, the way Purdue is dominated is probably the biggest negative. It's the toughest thing to swallow, especially since uh, Purdue has um, uh, Purdue has uh, played well versus Ohio State historically. I think Ryan Day had no time for the idea of giving Purdue life as a uh, um, and also ran. He, he wanted to make a statement. He surely did. Um, I think he wanted to shut Purdue out. He wasn't able to do it. To his chagrin, Purdue scored seven points, seven big points. Um, but the personnel discrepancy, like I said earlier, was extremely obvious on all sides of the field. Um, and the injuries are the worst part of the thing for me, not the loss, but the injuries in the offensive line. This is my biggest fear going into the next uh, stretch of games after the bye week. I really didn't want to see Purdue come out too banged up, and they are pretty banged up. A real positive. If you want to, ha if you want to come up with real positives, uh, one thing was really cool, especially in garbage time in the second half. You got to see Marshawn Rice have three receptions. Jerron Tibbs, the Cathedral product of Indianapolis, had a catch, and so did Elijah Canyon, Canyon from uh, Auburn. Those are all those are all really nice things to see, <clears throat> and it's. Um, it's something that Purdue's going to need to find some answers on uh, who can be a weapon on the outside specifically right now. Burks is the guy. After that, there's not a whole bunch happening. Uh, Purdue needs to figure some things out in a quick hurry. Uh, one of the best things, of course, um, statistically and, and in reality, was Devin Mockaby's performance. Uh, 18 carries, 110 yards, 6.1 yards a carry. Uh, he was solid all day. He... Um, He's a good starting back. He's uh, that's that's quite a quite a luxury Purdue has. If Purdue has one luxury on this lineup, it's the fact that when the one uh, the number one running back goes down and Tyrone Tracy goes down, Purdue has Devin Mockaby right behind him. Hopefully that one-two uh, combination can come back quickly because Downing, uh, the drop off from from Mockaby to Downing is pretty noteworthy. And Downing's fine. Uh, he's 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 got some weapons. He can do some things, but. Um, you really need Tracy's punch uh, right coming to start the game, and then you need you need that Mockaby coming off the bench there, um, or vice versa. It really doesn't matter. Their style, though, they can both play Big Ten ball. They're both good starting uh, style backs, but um, that was that was a rough game. I don't know if there's much to say other than, like I said, when you look at Nebraska, 
ESPN's game predictor has it as a 50-50 game, a coin flip. I guarantee you Nebraska fans think this is going to be a slam dunk. I just feel that way, knowing Nebraska fans for who they are and what they have been historically. But Nebraska is a 3-3 three and three team, uh, so a slight edge over Purdue with their biggest win, their most quality win, coming against the mighty Illinois Fighting Illini. I think they beat them 20-7, to seven, something like that, 21-7. to seven. Uh, Didn't beat up on them like Purdue did. But they did beat them. They did handle their business there. Um, Nebraska has not looked great this year. Nebraska is having a hard time in the transition uh, to the Matt Rule era. Um, but um, the big, the big picture thing here, if you if you care about bowl games, which like I said, I do care about bowl games because I care about the extra practice time. That's my biggest story um, of the bowl game of this of this era of um, low priority bowl games, if you will. Um, I think the practice is key, especially for a, a team like Purdue that's trying to figure some things out with the roster in the longer view for next year. Um, so I want them to get to a bowl, but they've got uh, five games to win four, um, to win four, and uh, one of them, of course, versus one of the best teams in America, University of Michigan. Um, I don't feel good at all about that game, but I do think um, specifically Northwestern, uh, IU, Minnesota, they have looked bad much of the season. IU got just absolutely... Molly Womp versus Michigan yesterday. Uh, they, sh- they were showing a little bit of life in the second quarter before Michigan just slammed the door shut, and, um, and that was it. Purdue, I don't think, ever really had even that much life versus Ohio State, even though the score wasn't quite as bad as IU's um, uh, loss to Michigan. Purdue looked worse uh, than IU did somehow, and I think IU lost 50-something uh, to seven. But at one point, I think it was 7-7 um, or 14-7 uh, in the IU-Michigan game. Regardless, they didn't look very good. Purdue has three games uh, versus teams that I don't think are very good. A fourth game versus Nebraska, who, uh, while they're not down as much as those other three, three teams right now, uh, simply because of personnel. i gotta, I got to hit that uh, idea once again. I think Nebraska's personnel, their athletes, are still very good. That really has never changed. Even in the bad Scott Frost years, they still had big, strong guys. They still had guys who were highly touted recruits, guys that looked the part in their uniform, if you will. Um, and so for that reason, they're always a threat to me, but they're not a very good team. So um, I think those four games, uh, Purdue has a legit shot of uh, earning, some, earning some victories and maybe, just maybe, edging their way to six wins and getting the, those important practices before the bowl game. A couple of you guys are turned in, tuned in live. Really appreciate that. Uh, Jim Garfunkel's here. He's the one who said it sounded good early. Um, Her- uh, he says, Harold's Air Raid play calling makes me keep air sickness bags. Yeah, uh, the, the play calling is no doubt. I, I, I told you guys during the Hanson Hour last week that I didn't feel good about Harold as a play caller at all, and I have just not much hope to see that change. Uh, to me, Harold looks like a guy who believes his one-on-ones can beat their one-on-ones, and everything's fine in his system if that happens. The problem is you're asking for Purdue's ones to beat Big Ten ones right now, and not all the Purdue players are ready to be Big Ten ones, and they are all being called on to do that. Uh, obviously, Devin Mockaby is a guy that can make a guy miss and can get to the second or even the third level against a defense. And he's shown it because of his unorthodox running style, his aggressive play. De- uh, Mockaby is legit uh, a guy who's a threat, as is Burks. But I think Burks is a little uh, banged up right now. So then you get into the point where, okay, um, who's going to be the next guy to make this, this the play and step up? And um, somebody has to do it. And I don't think Harold's offense is putting... 
Purdue in the position where there's any mismatches, there's not a lot of misdirection. Those things are the, the ways that Purdue teams have historically thrived that. And of course, uh, quarterback play, it's a great neutralizer. And Purdue, uh, I don't think Card is being put in a position to succeed. So that's just my opinion on the whole situation. Will Hill 93 uh, said the Illini beat Maryland. It reminds me of that. And uh, yeah, that was a that was a shocking one to me. It uh, reminds me of what Maryland has done the last couple of years where they show glimmers and then, of course, they do what they did there. I thought Maryland looked like the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten uh, in recent weeks, and then all of a sudden they lose to Illinois, who looked absolutely atrocious week after week. Very, very unusual to see um, that happen. Most of the, most of the league was really... Uh, not too shocking yesterday. No, most of the play, most of the games outside the Purdue game. Purdue game was not shocking either. Um, yeah, so Mohill 93 says Purdue can play in a bowl game, but the margin for mistakes is gone. Absolutely. There's, there's literally no, no, no more room for a uh, half to be bad. You have to uh, jump on teams, which that's been a tough order. This year, this team does not start quickly. And so I don't think Purdue can take a half off. Uh, if you take a half off, let's look back to some of the games early in the season where um, Purdue uh, was playing a team that was more evenly matched, but they gave them a running start, and you have to fight and claw to get back into the game. I don't think Purdue can do that. So when they play Nebraska, they better be ready to, to play from, from the get-go, especially at Nebraska where it's usually a very, very good crowd, um, and they'll be all over Purdue uh, as Purdue travels. So uh, Ted Berkey says uh, players also feel pride going into bowl games. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that stuff matters. Um, we are in a different era, though. That's one thing. We are in a different era. Uh, it's good for the program. I think Walters really wanted Purdue to make a bowl game this year. But um, I think the, the bigger picture, it's absolutely important for Purdue to get to bowl game. Not essential um, for the long success of the program, but it, it would be gratefully uh, helpful. It would, be a, it would be a very big positive for this team to make a bowl. Um, Let's see, Jim Garfinkel says, uh, Bennett Meredith actually ran uh, the uh, RPO, I guess, more smoothly than Card, but Card is better than he's shown. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think if we see a lot of Bennett Meredith, we're going to see how much we really need Card at quarterback. That's my opinion. So, um, but <clears throat> that's about all I got. I appreciate everybody tuning in. I'm at 14 minutes, and I think that's a pretty good length to talk about what happened this, uh, this week. Um, in uh, in Rossade Stadium. Tune in, though. Monday night, we'll have a little bit of conversation. Last week, we didn't have much to talk about looking ahead to Ohio State because we kind of thought this would happen. This week, we'll be talking about maybe the uh, the bye week ahead. Um, I don't know if we'll have a handsome hour during the bye week, but we'll try to have some, some programming. But definitely tune in 9 p.m. on Monday. I'll still be here in, in SEC country. Uh, hopefully, my audio will... Uh, and my Wi-Fi and all that will will do its job and allow me to record 9 p.m. Monday night, handsome hour. Thanks to all you who uh, tuned in live and those of you who are uh, listening on delay as well. And hope to see you. Uh, uh, yeah, Ted Berger says we can talk Iowa football. Yeah, Nish is always up for talking Iowa football, and um, uh, he's always up for that. We can talk. We Honestly, we could talk greater college football. Uh, as you know, uh, we love the game. We, that's our favorite sport, so... There's plenty to talk to this, talk about this time of year, and there were some games. I tell you, last night I stayed up till 2 a.m. with my my brothers and my dad, watching some pretty incredible football um, from non-power five teams. Uh, there's always stuff to talk talk about, and um, this time of year is a, a 
it, it's fun regardless. It's just more fun when Purdue is actually a, sport, uh, a story and relevant, and they are not going to be relevant, at least for a couple weeks, to anybody in the nation, unless they pull off the impossible and beat Michigan in a couple weeks, in, what, three weeks? So, um, Mohill says, I want a 12-1 Iowa team in the playoff, and I think Anish does not want that. Uh, but I can, I, like I said, I think a 10-win Iowa team is very possible, and a, uh, I still think that's very possible in spite of the fact that Iowa is uh, not a very good team. So uh, that's, uh, let's see. Yeah, that Washington-Oregon game was awesome. And we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this at the Handsome Hour. I'm not going to go too much further in this, but we will talk about it in the Handsome Hour. There, there's plenty to talk about. Uh, my my uh, my favorite quarterback in the nation right now, Michael Penix, looks very, very good. He he's, uh, came up huge again uh, in, uh, in the Washington-Oregon game to, to – thrust Washington to victory so uh, that's that's always that's something that uh, you know we can talk about so yeah I'm with you Jim um, great great seeing you guys live and hope to see you guys tomorrow night uh, 9 p.m. same channel uh, for the handsome hour God bless you hammer down talk to you soon see you guys